Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about some Latin abbreviations you might find interesting, and we'll talk about the difference between implying and inferring. People confuse those a lot. And I have a familect story at the end. Let's get started. Latin is at the root of many of our words in English, and there are some common abbreviations we use you may not realize also come from the Latin language. For example, you've heard me talk about a.m. and p.m., or ante-meridium and post-meridium, which refer to the time of day. And note that I said meridiem, not meridian. Ante-meridium means before the midday, and post-meridium means after the midday. We've also talked about the difference between e.g. or exempli gratia, which means for example or for instance, and i.e. or id est, which means that is or in other words. It's not uncommon to confuse the two terms, so just remember this simple mnemonic. Example and e.g. start with the same letter, and in other words and i.e. also start with the same letter. For the other Latin abbreviations we use, let's start with the eras, B.C. and A.D., or B.C.E. and C.E. We use B.C. and A.D. in many parts of the world to show whether a time happened before or after the believed birth of Jesus Christ. It's the current date that began approximately 2,020 years ago in the Gregorian calendar. A.D. is the abbreviation for Anno Domini, which is Latin for in the year of the Lord. Anno, meaning year, which is where we also get the words annual and anniversary, and domini, which means the Lord. A.D. doesn't mean after death, which is a common misconception, but also a decent way to remember what it represents. Surprisingly, B.C. actually doesn't mean anything in Latin. It just means before Christ. It refers to anything that happened before A.D. 1. If you want to avoid religious terms in your writing, or you're writing for an audience that doesn't use the BCAD eras, then you use CE instead. CE isn't Latin either, it just means common area. Similarly, you'd use BCE to mean before the common era. Believe it or not, the term CE isn't new. It's been traced back to 1615 and a book by German astronomer Johannes Kepler. Yes, the namesake of the famous Kepler Space Telescope. CE was first used in English circa 1708. 
and became more widely used in the mid-1800s by Jewish religious scholars. When it comes to actually using A.D. or C.E., most style manuals agree on where to put it relative to the year. If you're writing about a time that is B.C. or B.C.E., you put the era after the year, as in 1000 B.C. or 1000 B.C.E. But if you're writing about a time that happened within the last 2,000 years, you generally don't need to put A.D. or C.E., since it's understood that this is what you mean. But if you do want to use it, put the era before the year, A.D. 2021 or C.E. 2021, not 2021 A.D. So should you pick B.C. or B.C.E. for your own writing? Well, the MLA says the choice of designation is up to the writer, but it prefers to use B.C.E. and C.E. On the other hand, the Associated Press prefers B.C. and A.D. because those abbreviations are more common and more widely understood. The AP also writes the era abbreviations with periods, whereas the MLA and Chicago Manual of Style don't. Finally, if you're Jewish or Muslim, you might also use A.H., which can refer to Anno Hebraico, which according to the Chicago Manual of Style means in the Hebrew year, or Anno Hijri, which means in the year of Hijra, Muhammad's migration. Okay, so you just heard me say circa a minute ago, which is another Latin term that means around or approximately. So when I said circa 1708, I meant around the year 1708. The word comes from the Latin word circum, which is where we also get the words circle, circumvent, and circumference, which is the measurement around a circle. You can use circa in relation to a specific year, circa 1708, or a wide range of time, as in circa the early 18th century. Circa is spelled C-I-R-C-A, but you'll sometimes see it abbreviated as just C period, C-A period, C-C-A period, etc., now, you also just heard me say etc., or as it's written in my script, etc., period. Both Dictionary.com and Merriam-Webster's online dictionary spell etc. as one word in English, etcetera, but it's two words in Latin, et cetera, and it's still most often written as two words in English. It means and the other things, or and the rest. It's a fancier way of saying and so on, and so on. For example, I could say Squiggly needs food for his party, such as cake, pie, cookies, etc. In this case, it means, and other things, that you eat at a party. Etc. is usually abbreviated as ETC period, although other archaic abbreviations include ampersand C period, ampersand slash C period, and even ampersand CA period. And finally, although the dictionaries say you can use etc. for things or people, some style guides, such as the Chicago Manual of Style, say that because the Latin word cetera refers to inanimate objects and non-living things, you shouldn't use etc. to refer to people. Instead, you should use the term at all. So let's talk about that. Just like etc., at all is two words, et, al. And it's Latin for and l. <laughs> Just kidding. It means and others. And it's an abbreviation for et alia, but it's used to refer only to people. In fact, to help you remember the difference between etc. and et al., think of and l. Since l is a person, et al. refers to people. 
You typically see et al. in academic papers when the author is citing a book or article written by several people. The citation might read, How to Plan a Party by Squiggly et al., which refers to Squiggly, Aardvark, and Fenster. Next, let's talk about SIC, which is spelled S-I-C. It's the shortened version for the Latin phrase "sic erat scriptum, which means thus it was written, which makes things sound important when you say it out loud. Try it the next time you put together your grocery list. Sick is usually used when you're citing text, and the cited work has mistakes in it, like grammar or spelling errors. You typically put sick in brackets to show that you recognize this was an error and that it's not a mistake on your part. Let's say Aardvark texted me that Squiggly and I ate too much cake at the party, and he spelled Squiggly with only one G. If I posted that text on my website, I would write Squiggly, sick, in brackets, and I ate too much cake at the party. That way, other people who read it recognize that this error was originally Aardvark's and not mine. Sick is also sometimes used as a way to maliciously draw attention to an author's mistake. It's like a little flag that asks the reader to notice the error, saying, pay attention to this, can you believe this? And perhaps for that reason, because it's rude, the Associated Press now advises writers not to use sick. Instead, they say to either paraphrase the quotation or simply write it as it appears without calling attention to the error. Finally, there's stat, S-T-A-T, which is short for statum. It means immediately or instantly. It comes from the Proto-Indo-European word sta, S-T-A, which means to stand. It's where we get words like static, as in not moving, station, stationary, and even statue. You hear people say stat a lot on hospital shows, as in the patient needs a thousand milligrams of Benadryl, stat. However, most of the articles on this subject said that stat is usually written out by doctors and nurses on patient orders. It's not actually shouted during stressful emergency room procedures. Most doctors tend to say right now or immediately, and it's only the TV doctors who shout stat because it sounds more dramatic that way. As for me, I need some coffee stat because I think there's some cake left from Aardvark's party. It was Al's birthday yesterday. That segment was written by Eric Deckers, a professional writer and the co-author of four social media books, including Branding Yourself, where he included me as one of his case studies. He recently published his first humor novel, Mackinac Island Nation, and celebrated his 25-year anniversary as a newspaper columnist with more than 1,300 published humor columns. Mixing up imply and infer is a common mistake, so let's get it right. The short answer is that writers or speakers imply and listeners or readers infer. When you imply, you hint at something rather than saying it directly. Imply comes from a Latin word that meant to enfold. You can think of an implied statement as hidden or folded into what was actually said. For example, a writer can imply that a character is the murderer without saying it directly. It turns out that the word employ, as in to use something or hire someone, comes from the same root, and that will help us later. When you infer, you deduce something that was left unsaid. Infer comes from a Latin word that means to bring in. You can think of readers or listeners using their own interpretation to bring a meaning that isn't explicitly stated into a sentence. 
For example, a reader who sees that a character has motive and opportunity may infer that the character is the murderer. The incorrect use of infer to mean imply is so common that in a decade or two it may be considered standard, but for now, careful writers and speakers continue to make a distinction. Here's how I remember that to imply is to hint, to say something indirectly. First, I remember that imply rhymes with employ, and they come from the same root. Then I think of those seemingly useless suggestion boxes that you sometimes see in workplaces so employees can suggest something. And then I think of the related word imply, meaning that the writer is suggesting something without actually saying it. To imply is to hint at something or to suggest it without saying it directly. So in a roundabout way, an employee suggestion box helps me remember that imply means to suggest something instead of saying it directly. Finally, I have a story from Anna Maria. Hi, Mignon. My name is Anna Maria Vona, and I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I've been listening to your podcast with a lot of interest My father loves words, and he's 86, and he has some dementia. But I'm going to try to get him hooked on your your podcast, because I think he would get an enormous amount of satisfaction from listening to it. So I want to go ahead with my story. Uh, My story involves my daughter, who's now 30 years old, and she grew up in the 90s when VHS and VCRs were all the rage. And... um, she was a very big storybook reader. She loved to read. And I'll never forget one evening, we were reading a story again, and the way she flipped the page, she ripped the page. And I said, Ariana, please bring the page to mommy so I can tape it. And she said, no, I tape it. I tape it. She was about two years old at the time. And uh, she said, I tape it. I tape it. And she went to put the page in the VCR. So I thought that was really cute. And it was just another confirmation of how confusing our language is, especially to children. But I think she really took the situation seriously. And it was a very cognizant moment for me, again, how confusing our language must be to people learning English and to children trying to figure it out. But it was adorable, and I wrote it into Reader's Digest. They never published it, and I was upset about that because I just thought it was so cute. So hopefully your readers get the same kind of warm and fuzzy feeling that I got when I was telling this story. Keep it going, girl. Bye-bye, Grammar Girl. Thank you, Anna Maria. I agree. That is adorable. And it's such a great example of how confusing English can be. If you want to tell me the story of a word your family made up, leave a voicemail at 83321-4GIRL. And remember to tell me the story behind the word, because the story is always the best part. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find transcripts of this podcast and all the other great Quick and Dirty Tips podcasters at quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sams, and that's all. Thanks for listening.
Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.